If you've struggled with stress, balance, or burnout, and simply felt discouraged or even defeated, if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health, or relationships, then this podcast is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher, and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host, Carissa. Welcome to this week's episode of Zen Success. Today with me, I have the pleasure of speaking with Sierra Brown. My daughter's name is Sierra, so Sierra knows that. And her name is spelled so cool. It's C-E apostrophe A-I-R-A. I love that. Thank you. So let me tell you about this rock star. She's a professional track athlete and author and was ranked eighth in the world in 2019 as a track athlete. She graduated from Hampton University with a psychology degree in hopes to help people around the world who are struggling mentally from post-adolescent stress or just stress in general. Sierra has dedicated most of her life on and off the track, mentoring young athletes and non-athletes. She helps these individuals build their self-esteem mentally, which helps build confidence within themselves. By doing that, it helps to promote better performance in their everyday lives. Underrepresented communities suffer from a psychological and financial genocide, and Sierra and her partner, Andre, have committed to fixing that issue. They are the authors of From Orphan to Millionaire. Welcome, Sierra. Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) Oh, it's so great to see you and connect with you. And, you know, it's interesting that in your introduction, you're like, so you have so much heart, you know, it's like your focus is on giving back and helping others build their self-esteem. And this is so fresh in my mind because I just watched a documentary called Children 2.0. Have you mm-hmm. seen that? No. Yeah, it's on, it's on YouTube. It's free. Um, but they were talking about how much more um, suicide, how much more doctors are having to respond to suicide in the ER. And these kids were being interviewed and they all experience stress, anxiety. I mean, I don't even think it's unusual anymore. I, I think that every kid experiences it now. What do you think about that? I think that's true because as a kid, I experienced it. And then I know multiple people who experienced it as well. And I just lost my brother to suicide, my stepbrother. (gasps) Oh yeah. my God. When? About three weeks ago. <gasps> yeah, Sierra, so, how can yeah. you even be talking to me right now? It's, I mean, I'm getting through it. So it's like, yeah, it's been tough, but yeah, we lost him to suicide three weeks ago. So, oh my God. That is I'm, devastating. I'm struggling with it. So I agree. It's really um, hard. Were there any signs or anything? I mean, the years uh there were signs and uh uh, we went to get him help and stuff like that but I guess like you know he just couldn't you know take it anymore or something I don't know wow 
that is just so devastating. And I'm so sorry for you and your family. And thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing, you know, and it's like, so what a synchronicity that I'm bringing up suicide and that this just happened to your family. And, um, you know, I would love to help you after this interview, if you're open to it with, um, a free session, because, Helping, uh, ascend spirits that have committed suicide is one of my, um, callings. And I, I love to help families through that. So if, if you'd like, we can talk more about that later. And I know this is like coming, starting off dark, but this is, we're talking so that we can help the world. And, and I know Sierra is so focused on that mission. And that's probably why you and Andre wrote this amazing book from orphan to millionaire. And you have some positive things happening in your life. So what is, I see, maybe, do you have any news that you'd like to share? Any other news? Um, well, right now I had a baby recently. (laughs) Yay, baby. Seven months. So right now I'm like, uh, I start back running again next week, you know, uh, and getting back into running and stuff. But so far lately, I've been like taking care of my son and stuff like that. So I haven't really told anybody that, but yeah. Yay, baby. And what's his name? Is this an announcement? Uh, Yasin. His name pronounced Yasin. Yasin. And what does his name mean? Um, It means Muhammad's prophet. It's a Muslim name. Wow. That's powerful. Cause I felt like a lot of energy around that name. How did you guys name him? I was just one night. I was just laying down looking on the internet (laughs) and across it. I was like, this name is unique. And and it's like powerful and stuff like that. Like I'm not Muslim myself, but I, I, you know, I don't follow the religion, but I thought it was a unique name. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think with a name, you don't necessarily have to follow it you know, and that's, that's so powerful. And I love that. I've never heard that name before. I mean, have you ever heard it? Oh, I didn't. I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. Oh, good. And and I guess Andre agreed. And how is it going? How is it? Are you being a mom full time or running your business? Like how has that balance been? Uh, Right now I'm being a mom full time and uh, Andre is running his business. Like he's at work right now. So that's why (laughs) right now but yeah I'm I'm full-time right now and then uh I start back up with my stuff uh next week so oh my god I caught you at an exciting time yeah so wow I mean except for the tragedy but but it's like getting back to your purpose and running and your own fitness has got to be so rewarding as well yes yeah yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what about with your baby? Do you ever run with your baby, like in the stroller? Yes. I take them to a park that's nearby. It's a farm park and we run around the trails there. <laughs> but oh, that's he's, good. So he, he doesn't know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has it been a, a joy, stressful? What has been like having a baby like? Any mixed emotions is sometimes stressful because you don't get enough sleep. Like He's like up during the night or he'll go to sleep, wake up, go to sleep, wake up. But it is, uh, and, and then, you know, it's joyful too, because you, you're watching him learn new things every day and 
you know, he's, I mean, not walking yet. He started crawling and everything like that. Yeah. You know, he like taught himself how to crawl. I didn't even get to, I'm like, one day he just got up and started crawling. I was like, oh, wow. He's like, advanced for his age. Well, I mean, that's so, um, magical, you know, that you were there for it, that you get to be his mom, you know, full time and that you got to see it. That's incredible. I know with my first baby, I have a boy and, um, he would not go to sleep unless I, um, ran with him in the stroller. So I was actually in kick-ass shape (laughs) when I have my baby, because that was how we got him to sleep. And, um, so isn't that interesting that, um, I, I kept running through, uh, my first baby, but my second baby, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I ran, I went, I ran with him, but I, I think I lifted more in a gym more than yeah. I ran with him. So yeah, I did that. <laughs> yes. And, but, uh, yeah. For yeah. First yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about your partner. Are you married? Uh, we're again married in December. Oh my gosh. How exciting. Wow. And where are you guys going to get married? I'm in Delaware. In Delaware? We have a small thing. We're just going to go to the courthouse and get married. Okay. Then- so no yeah. one come and try to find their wedding. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Delaware. We're not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so, um, and how did you and Andre meet? So me and Andre met through track and field. Of course, he used to run track for um, Delaware State. Oh, he did. So he was a professional athlete as well. This was in college. He ran in college. Oh, in college. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I went to Hampton and he went to Delaware State. So we met through track and mutual friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And was it at a track meet? Did he hit on you? Did he get your number or (laughs) did someone try to set you up? so um, the story with me and Andre meeting, uh, we didn't actually meet at a track meet. We just had mutual friends and we seen each other and stuff like that. I kind of like ignored him. He would see me walking by or running or whatever, and I didn't pay him any mind. But we started talking because he does taxes and stuff like that. And um, I, I needed my tax done. And he teaches like financial literacy and stuff. And I'm not, I didn't learn that stuff in school. So I really wasn't aware. And one of my friends told me he was good at it. So we got in touch and then from there, we just kept talking and then eventually went on a date and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And so he knew who you were when you started talking yeah. and he was helping mm-hmm. you. And then right. he's like, you want to go out sometime? Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then did you immediately like him? Like you started dating? In the beginning, I didn't really like him as much. Oh. <laughs> It took some time. You're for, tough. You're yeah. you're like a prize. Like I remember our first date, we were supposed to go somewhere, but um, I forgot what happened. I ended up not going and he was like kind of mad about it. And I'm just like, well, we're not together. So I was like, <laughs> but yeah, eventually, <laughs> but eventually like I apologized. And then we, we went back out on a, a second date. So oh okay okay he's probably not used to that (laughs) just throwing his their self at him and I'm I was just like uh I'm sure because he's a handsome man and and successful right yes 
financially and, and an athlete. So that's great. You had so much in common too. So I want to hear about your own journey to becoming a successful track athlete. I mean, eighth in the world in 2019, right. that's impressive. Mm-hmm. So, um, I started running track. I'll, I'll start from the beginning. I started running track in like the sixth grade. Um, my mom actually got me into it. I didn't have, if you read the book, I didn't have my mom in my life. Like my, you know, my, I, me and my mom start, stopped talking at the age of 14. So, but she actually got me into the sport. So once I left her house and moved in with my dad, I continued running track and eventually went to college. And then I signed with Hoka, which is a suit company. And I went pro with them. And from there, like, you know, I had a lot of ups and downs. I, I really wasn't excelling in the sport how I wanted to when I first started um, professionally. And then it took until 2019 to really like get on the map and get to where I wanted to be. And I eventually became eighth in the world. So it was oh. a lot of. Was it because you're naturally talented and you just weren't motivated? Like what switched in you? So. I was, uh, I was motivated. I just wasn't as good as I, you know, it took practice. It took hard work to get where I was at. Um, it, it doesn't just happen for people like right away when they get into yeah. the sport, they're racing against like t- some of the best people in the world. Mm-hmm. So like, I was good in college, but then when I went pro, there's girls that were better than me. So I was like, it motivated me to want to get to where I was at, you know, so I watched them. I lost a couple of races. I was like, coach, we got to We got to do something because I'm tired of losing. I was like, I got to work harder. So I started yeah. up here early in the morning doing extra runs and doing just extra stuff, lifting more. And so losing mm-hmm. motivates you. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely motivates some people. I mean, especially successful people like you. It was motivating. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but that's amazing. Did you get a full scholarship? Yes. From Hampton University. Yes. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Well, what was your childhood like? Did you have any motivation to, um, escape and, um, go to track practice or did you, you know, I'd love to hear your journey into finding your purpose. Um, well, because I didn't have my mom, I feel like track was my getaway and it kind of like going on runs and stuff and and it helped ease the stress so it was Mm. like it was my escape to get away from just being at home and in my own thoughts and stuff like that so I think yeah my mom although she wasn't in my life she motivated me to want to get into track and field and be a better person than I am today yeah and why wasn't she in your life um that's kind of personal. I just, okay. We don't have to go there then. Yeah. Okay. So how, how have you used pain, um, in your life to help drive you? Um, I took it as, I don't, I don't know. I I mean, pain motivated me just to want to get better. I got tired of just being sad every day and, you know, not, just dwelling on not having a mother and stuff like that. So it just motivated me to want to get better and to uh, help others who probably, who went through similar situations and stuff like that. Cause I met a lot of people along the way who had like similar backgrounds like me. So pain, yeah, it just drove me to, 
to want to be a better person. Yeah, that's amazing. And do you feel like because uh, not having your mom, like being a mom now, does it feel extra special? Like almost like you get a, a do over for your life? Yeah, it does. It feels special because I'm like, I don't want my son not having a mother. So it's like, I spend every single moment with him not wanting to miss anything. <laughs> so it's like, Oh, that's so sweet. And what about Andre? Does he get really involved too? Yes, he's really involved. He has uh, another son as well. So he's in both of their lives and he's a really great father and he teaches me stuff along the way because, you know, he was a parent before me. So yeah, he's, he's a great father. So yeah, that's amazing. So I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the other things you do to help communities. So, um, you said they suffer, some communities suffer from psychological and financial genocide. How did you discover this and how do you help others overcome this? The financial part was actually meeting through, you know, going through with Andre because he's more on the financial side. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so but the, you're I, the psychological side, right? Oh, yes. So yeah. it's like I, we go back, um, to like our high schools, middle schools and stuff and talk to kids about that stuff. And he teaches them financial literacy on what we didn't learn because me growing up, I didn't know that, you know, about taxes and all this other stuff. And, and kind of like, I was like blowing my money in the beginning <laughs> and like, yeah. And he taught me like, this is what you have to do. You need to invest, invest your money, save your money, you know, budget and stuff like that. So if I didn't meet him, I probably would have lost everything. So, oh, wow. That was when you started making money as a professional yeah. athlete. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how did you discover that these communities are suffering? Do, do you guys experience it yourself and, and realize you needed to give back? Yes. We experienced it ourselves and realized, like, if you read our book, we, we talk about it, what we experienced and stuff. And so we decided, like, why don't we give back to the communities and teach them what, you know, what we didn't know at that time. So, so do schools hire you? Yeah. Um. Usually, like, I go through, like, my coaches and stuff like that. And oh, perfect. So I have, like, connections with coaches and people that, you know, I used to deal with back in my day. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. that's amazing. That's amazing. Right? Yeah. And so, um, and how do you help them overcome this? Is it bringing awareness that this is even happening because sometimes they don't even know? Yes. It's bringing awareness and actually like talking to them and sitting down and talking to them and understanding what they're going through. And like, they, they actually open up and talk to you about their mental issues and stuff like that. Even if they're not going through something financially, everyone is struggling with something mentally. So yeah, we, it's, that's how we connect. Like talking. Yeah. I mean, I think that you both could be inspirational speakers for schools. Do you, mm -hmm. do you guys ever get hired for that? Um, I haven't, but Andre has, and mm -hmm. he talked, yeah, he talks to different schools and, and uh, yeah. camp like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that could be cool for you if you're interested, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah because you're like a powerful female, successful female, you know, you're a dynamic duo. Yeah. Um, 
So, so do you, what are some of the tips and resources to help, um, overcome obstacles from like, if say, if somebody's from a broken home or they don't have the family support? Um, I say, uh, talk to, just talk to someone because, uh, or it could be a teammate. It could be a friend or something like that. Just someone that you can confide in and, Cause I didn't have my family, but I had teammates and they they became family. So I, I talked to them and they helped me get through a lot of stuff. Just speaking to someone close to your, even like therapy and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So let's talk about your book, Orphan mm-hmm. to Millionaire. How did that come about to, for you both to write that together? So, uh, we wrote it up just to bring awareness to people about stuff that we've been through. So it's like 10 laws that you follow is like pain coping and, you know, just steps to take to become a better person that you are today. Like Andre talks about him being an orphan. He lost both of his parents and how he felt during the time and how he used that pain to give back to the community and become the per- successful person that he is today. And I, I talk about, you know, not having my mother and stuff like that and how that drove me to be a successful athlete that I am today. So it's just basically just telling our stories. You learn more about us and, um, and how we overcame those barriers and, and become who we are today. Yeah. Sorry, I don't talk that much. <laughs> What's that? I say, I'm sorry. I'm a little nervous. I, I don't talk as much as, as Andre. So, yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. I just like getting to know you, you know, I, I did Andre's video, um, interview separately. So, oh, okay. um, so, um, so it's great to talk to you and just to hear your point of view separate you know, right. from him, because maybe you're used to being interviewed together. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I like to, I like to hear your, your own journey, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so like, say if somebody wants to write a book, what mm-hmm. are some tips you can give them? Um, because did Andre come to you with this idea and then you guys started just sharing your story and writing it all out. How did this um, get published? Um, so, yeah, he came to me with the idea one day. He was like, we should, uh, we had both have powerful stories. We should like tell people, like get it out into the world because there's a lot of people who can relate to what we've been through. Even if they haven't been through it can inspire people, you know, and they'll learn more about us and become more aware of people who have been through stuff because a lot of people who've been through stuff get kind of overlooked and, you know, and so, yeah, just to bring more awareness (laughs) to stuff that we go through and stuff like that. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you have any advice for, um, people that might want to share their story or, um, publish a book? Um, my advice is, uh, I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't, sorry. (laughs) I'm like kind of locked out. I don't know what to say. (laughs) Yeah. I I think how about just do it? Just start, just 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 start. (laughs) 
get a pen and paper and start writing. Yeah. Stealing from, from Nike, but you know, it's like, just take the first step. Um, I think because you just never know what could flow out of you. I think there's something special that happens with a pen and paper. I don't know um, how you wrote. Originally, I wrote my first book uh, with pen and paper, and then I I started adding to it and typing. How did Mm -hmm. you start um, writing? Typing and just write going about that. I didn't start with a pen and paper. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. So let's talk about some of the, um, the laws. So you call them 10 irrefutable laws of purpose. Yeah. So, so let's talk about one and, um, how that can help you get through the tough times in life. So coping, like actually coping with what you've been through instead of pushing it to the side. Sometimes we, we like to push things to the side and not actually deal with it. So actually coping with it and I think it, it'll help you, you know, move forward and stuff like that. Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, their book, Orphan to Millionaire, is available on Amazon and on their website. You can click on that. If you're in different countries, you can order it. And I know you, you and Andre have some support for people as well. Do you have, what is the Dream Again book club? Uh, that's to, you know, that's to actually help people get started on writing their own book. So yeah, Andre deals with that. He, he helps people start and get, you know, getting their ideas out and, you know, and help them start. And like you said, just do it, just start, you know, writing and getting their book out and their ideas. Yeah, that's amazing. So anyone listening who might have kids that are athletes and, um, you know, maybe they're, they want to turn professional or make a living at it. Do you have any advice for, um, like training or protocols or what you did to become the successful athlete you are? So with me, I just, I didn't give up. I just kept, you know, just going and, and I, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> did you have, did you have a vision? Like, did you, did you see yourself as like one of the top athletes in the world? So in the beginning, I struggled with that. I, oh, I, yeah, I did. So it took a lot of motivation and having my coaches and family by my side, because at first I, I wanted to give up when I wasn't at the top of the charts and stuff like that. And once, um, like my dad is like a big played a major role in my in my life when it came to track and field because when I lost he would send me videos of me winning and stuff like that (gasps) so he was like like don't ever give up and stuff like that and I was like you're right like I'm doing this like I love the sport so why would I give up and walk away just because I I lost or something like that so I use that as motivation to to get to where I was at Oh yeah. That's amazing. That that's such good advice. Um, I I need to do that for my son because he gets upset. I mean, he's playing team sports, he's playing soccer, Mm -hmm. but he gets really upset when he loses. So I need to send him video of him winning. Yeah. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Oh, 
Yeah. Yeah. And just, just having that energy. But I know you also said that you started to do more specific things. Was there anything you changed about your form or, um, your technique, your running technique, or was it simply your training? It was simply my training. I feel like, yeah, I wasn't, I wanted, I needed to put in the extra work. So it was like, I had my coach train changed my whole training program and stuff like that. I ran more miles. And once I started running more miles, I became stronger and that helped me to run the 800. Uh Uh-huh. And is that your race is the 800 meter? Yes. Oh, okay. And what's your time? Uh, 158. I ran 158 so far. (laughs) Yeah. So far. See, I love that you added that on. That's great. That's great. So typically running more miles, doing more strength training. Do you think, um, a diversity of training, like different types, uh, cross training? Um, uh, what I don't only, the only thing that worked for me was mileage and stuff like that. I don't know what worked for somebody else because we're not the same person. So mm-hmm. I think that's something like you would have to like discuss with your coach and they, and they know you as an athlete. Like my coach yeah. knew, he knew what I needed. And so we put that into my training and that's how, how you know, everything changed. Mm, yeah, that's mm-hmm. amazing. So what is Zen success to you? What do you think of when you hear that? Do you repeat that? What is Zen success? Zen? Z-E-N. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what that is. Oh, Zen is like, um, peace, calm, um, clarity. It's like, um, a Buddhist term, Buddhist (laughs) term. What's that? I said peace of mind. Yeah. Peace of mind. Mm -hmm. Zen. Mm -hmm. So, so Zen success to you is having peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. So uh, what's next for you? So you have your training coming up next week. Uh, Do you have any goals that you have set for yourself? So just to get back in my, uh, get my mileage back up. I'll be starting with like 20 minute runs a day and stuff like that. So just building up my mileage each week and getting back to being comfortable running again, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to be really tired because I haven't ran in like six to seven months. So it's just taking each day at a time and not pressuring myself to, and feeling like I need to hurry up and get back to where I was because that's where I become stressful when I'm like trying to rush myself. So just taking my time and, you know, just enjoying a ride and getting back to where I need to be. It's going to take some time, but I'm, I'm down for it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You have the patience for it and everything. Yeah. That's great. Do you ever, um, or did you ever before train like long distances, like, um, 20 miles? Like, did you ever train like you were training for a marathon, even though you do, you know, moderate sprints, not a total sprint, but moderate level, did you ever feel like running for long periods of time at once was helpful? Um, yes, like I said, I upped my mileage. I was doing, I think the most I ran was like 13 miles. Mm-hmm. I think that that's close to, you know, a marathon. It's not close to a marathon, but like half a marathon. But yeah, yeah um, I did a lot. I didn't start running a lot of miles until I went pro. In college, I, 
I didn't even know what that was. I'm like, I'm not running more than two or three miles. And then when I went pro, my coach was like, you need to put more mileage in. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, yeah. So does that yeah, really make a difference? Like, yeah. 10 to 13 miles. And I seen a difference in my performance. Yeah. Yeah. I was never a professional, but I ran track and cross country and I love to run still even now. And, Mm -hmm. and what, what I found when I was training for the marathon, my, I actually got faster in the shorter races. And I remember the, um, the coach class that I had in college, he's like, Oh, you must've been phoning it in because literally I had improved my time. Like for a mile, I improved it by like two minutes. And he just didn't believe me. (laughs) He was like, Oh, you must've been phoning it in. Cause I was like doing, you know, seven minute miles. Then I got to five and it was truly because of what you said. It was like those long distance training actually increased my speed more than I realized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But- I noticed when I started running longer, I got faster day because I, I run a mile here and there, or I run, uh-huh. uh, I ran a 10 K before, uh-huh. but I noticed, uh, the longer I went, the faster I got in shorter races, so, which was crazy. I was like, I thought it would, you know, I didn't think that would happen, but yeah. Longer distance helps you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because a lot of the training protocols, I mean, your coach knows obviously because he got you on the right protocol, but a lot of them, they distinguish be- between the sprints and they say slow twitch, fast twitch, you know, you got to train the muscle memory for that. But I guess there's something that happens. Maybe it just oxygenates the muscles more or something, you know? for Mm -hmm. those longer distances and more time. And, and another technique, which I thought was interesting was, um, I, I learned it from, uh, another athlete is, um, the RPMs, like increasing the frequency of each, um, foot strike. Have you Mm -hmm. ever done that drill? Yes. Yes. We do that a lot. I think that's an important drill because yeah, it helps with the fast twitch in your the fast twitch muscles. Oh yeah. I thought that was really interesting because I really saw an increase in my time from that. Well, Mm -hmm. gosh, it's great talking about running and (laughs) it's been a pleasure connecting Mm -hmm. with you and learning about your book from orphan to millionaire and your new baby. That's seven Mm -hmm. months now, not so new anymore. (laughs) It still feels new, new to you. And I'll put your website and how to buy your book in the show notes. Any last words of inspiration? Um, just don't give up, stay motivated and talk to people if you need to and not let it and don't let it weigh down on you. Yeah. Yes. Amazing advice. Just get it out, you know, right. just like purge it, dance it, sing it, right. run it, just Listen get it out somehow. Yeah. What's that, Sierra? To music if you need to. I know that helped me a lot. Music and runs helped me clear my mind. Yeah. Mm, great advice. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you have a blessed day, Sierra. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Zen Success. I would love to get your feedback at zensuccesspodcast.com on what topics you'd be most interested in and what Zen Success is to you. Thanks for listening.